Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about changing your will as a single mum. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We are an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog which covers everything for your single mother journey. We have a single mum only anonymous forum, ebooks and e-courses, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways. And it can all be found completely free on our website, beanstalkmums.com.au. But now to focus on the podcast, I'm very excited about this one because we've been planning it for a long time. Um, We have a wonderful guest, Emily Brown from BT Lawyers. Now, BT Lawyers are my recommended law firm when it comes to your family law and your estate matters. They've been working with Beanstalk really since we started, so for about three and a half, four years. Um, And they've always been super generous in their offer of expert information to help our single mums through separation and beyond. Emily, who I'm chatting to today, is our go-to lady when it comes to wills and estates. Emily's worked in various areas of law for about six years now, so she certainly knows what she's talking about. And like everyone who I've dealt with at BT Lawyers, she helps her clients with a wonderful blend of professionalism, compassion and understanding, and we love her for that. Um, Emily also has a background in the theatre, and she's uh, played roles in Sydney musicals. Um, I'm not too sure if she's going to break into song for us today, but we'll just have to carry on and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) welcome thank you so much for having me (laughs) it's probably not the right topic to burst into song too is it Emily not going to burst into song about death right now no (laughs) (laughs) no just just wouldn't work Um, now look at it it, it, it's interesting that we've already started with that because it is a difficult topic people to talk about and we do tend to avoid it like the plague but for you it's part of a day's work do you find people can get quite emotional um Uh, when they're doing it absolutely you know you are you're asking yourself some very heavy questions um of some really really horrific scenarios you know that you have to turn your mind to in case you know death does occur and you know it might be leaving your kids behind or your your husband um and it's really terrible because it's not often you think about these things on a daily basis and I don't know like even as a child if you got upset about death I know I did I would cry to my mum and say mum I don't want to die and we were told no don't think about that it's something that we're told we're not allowed to think about when really it's a it's a it happens to everybody in life it's Mm. inevitable (laughs) It really is. And it's one of those things that if you just do it once, I know you have to redo your will every now and then, but if you can just at least get off the starting block and have something there, it's done and then you can stop thinking about it. It's like a needle, Lucy. You know, you don't always want a needle, but unfortunately sometimes you need one. Exactly. And it's not nice, but you have to do it to protect you. (laughs) Can I have you around next time I have to give my kids a needle, please? It's exactly what I say to them. But look, we've got a slight, very, very slightly different format to this podcast just because it is such um, a needed topic amongst the single mum audience that I have. So I've got some questions that I'm going to ask you, which I think really cover um, the general 
point that we're trying to get across regarding wills but I've also put um, a question on our group the single mum vine and a few ladies have come up with some questions they'd like me to ask so I'm going to run through the questions I've got for you and then if we haven't covered some of these topics that they need answers for if we have time I'm going to throw in a few extra questions at the end absolutely Um, so I hope that you're not too exhausted once I've finished (laughs) getting all this information from you but let's get going straight away so my first question is a very simple one I would like to know why it's so important to have a will and what will happen if we don't Lucy I think you know I get asked this question quite a lot when people in usually circumstances outside of my work and they find out I help people you know set up their estate planning they ask me this question so often and I actually put it back on them and say look I think the better question is is why isn't important why isn't it important to have a will I can't think of a single reason why it wouldn't be important you know it is one of the most significant documents you'll ever create in your life Um, and just a couple of points as to why it is so important is firstly what I tell my clients is that you know the will your will is Yes, it is your document, but it's not actually for you. It's for your family, your kids, your husband, your wife. Um, when you pass away, and you're not here to speak for yourself, and unfortunately, you cannot rule from the grave. So it's something that essentially protects your family more than yourself because if you're not here, you don't really know what is happening or you don't really get a say. Um, because the crowd is um, mostly single moms today, um, something I want to raise specifically about um single mums creating a will is that a lot of single mums might enter into a new relationship which would be technically classed as a de facto. Now, the family court says, yes, it's in Queensland, is two years for a de facto relationship. But if you're dating someone and within six months you have joint bank accounts, you're living together, um, you're sleeping in the same bed, the court will look at all of these circumstances and determine whether you're in a de facto relationship. If you're in a de facto relationship and you haven't included them in your will or you haven't updated your will, technically you have excluded what's called an eligible applicant from your estate planning, meaning they could potentially make a claim on your estate. That so. is so interesting. And that is the question that has come up the most <laughs> when I when I put something yeah. on the Facebook group. So you yeah. covered that one for us straight away. That's right. It is like, you know, you don't think about these things and you you wouldn't really necessarily know unless you have been in a position like myself where you see things go wrong all the time, especially from um, families that, um, you know, have split up from each other and they've, you know, gotten into new relationships and maybe those new relationships have kids as well and technically they're your stepchildren, which they're also technically eligible applicants against your estate. So I'll just quickly um, say from the outset, um, just so that the audience has a bit of an understanding, in Queensland, under the Succession Act, there's four kinds of um, applicants that can make a claim on your estate when you pass away if they're not what's called adequately provided for. And that includes a child, a stepchild, a spouse or a de facto partner and a financial dependent. So just a scenario, if you're a single mum here and you're starting to get across the line as to what would be classed as de facto with a new relationship and they also have kids from a previous relationship and you've got a current will that has everything going to your kids, um, 
technically you've excluded all of those stepchildren and your de facto partner. So it's really important that you put in place or you speak to a lawyer about um, what are the risks associated with your family circumstances and how can we best protect that for you and your family. Yeah. So, and this is the question that keeps getting asked is what happens if I do repartner? What happens if I have a de facto? Well, Mm. anything could happen and that's why you have to do the will. It is right. And I think from the outset, you know, we offer that free 20 minute conversation over the phone um, to discuss your family circumstances and kind of get an idea um, and work out what your estate encompasses and what the family dynamics are so that if you do want some advice, we can give you the right advice. And um, we can't necessarily change the law. But we can, um, sorry about that, my phone just right. <laughs> I'll put that on D&D. We can't necessarily change the law, but we can help you protect yourself as much as possible working with what the law is. Yes, exactly. But your will will override what anyone else contests, won't it? Unless they win that contestment that they do. It really, it really depends. And right. I hate the whole, the whole lawyer phrase, it, it depends, because that's a very... Yeah common phrase you hear from lawyers but it's the truth it really depends and you know I, I I often look at the vine and I see inquiries about estate law and I see single mums coming on there and giving their comments and and kind of in a way giving their legal advice and it it really scares me to death yeah, exactly like, and that's why we've got you <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's, it's, Every situation is unique, isn't it? And I think that's the most important thing to understand. What, you know, one person might be giving advice, you know, really genuinely from their experience, but it isn't the same for the person looking for the advice. So really, um, with regards to the de facto, um, single mums, wills, is just get something in place um, because it gives you more control after you're gone. So what do we need to consider when actually writing the will? Which is quite a, sorry, quite a broad question, but if you could just give us a few pointers, that would be great. So I'm going to say from the outset, because this is what I see mostly with a lot of clients that decide that they want to come and make a will with a lawyer, is do not attempt to write one yourself. There is so many um, laws in the Succession Act which uh, surround about what um encompass what a will encompasses and what is a valid will and this comes down to even signing it with the same pen so wow yeah and a lot of people don't know that and it can become extremely difficult if you've made your own will which would technically not be valid and it comes time to administering your estate and we've got to put that will into the supreme court to get a grant of probate to let your executor administer it and this isn't a valid will and essentially what that will do is cost your estate more money because you didn't spend a little bit extra to have your solicitor draft it properly for you so it's kind of a short-term sacrifice of paying that extra money rather than trying to do it yourself and making sure that it doesn't cost you more money or your family more money because they're the ones that will usually inherit your estate um, because you didn't do your will properly. Mm. And also going back to that, if someone needs to contest the will, if you haven't got a proper will, you're going to have much more success 
when well, they do I w- that? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say success. I just think it's going to be very difficult for an executor to be able to get that grant from the Supreme Court mm. that allows them to administer the estate in accordance with the will because technically will's not valid. Yeah, yeah. Right? You just kind of want to have a very clean process um, it's really horrible when someone dies as it is. The last thing you want is legal issues about how the estate's going to be administered. So um, from my experience, I have so many clients, so many clients say, um, you know, I, I wish they had, uh, this is when someone has passed away. I wish they had just done a will mm. properly with a lawyer. Um, this is also with post office wills and public trustee wills. So these are will kits that essentially you are making yourself. Yes, they are free, but there is a reason they are free. <laughs> mm. So um, that goes hand in hand with writing the will yourself. And especially with single mums here today, you have very um, significant circumstances that um, you need to have a lawyer consider the bigger picture as opposed to um, a generic will. Mm. which essentially would provide you more protection. So from the outset, do not write your will yourself. The second point I would say is speak with a lawyer. Most lawyers will kind of give you um, some advice over the phone before going into making a will appointment and taking your instructions and things like that. Um, Another point I'll make for the single mums here today is that what are the care arrangements for your kids and what does that look like following um, when you do pass away? Um, Because you have two parents usually and I'm I'm not really aware of what the care arrangements are in every single family. But when you create a will yourself or you make a post office will, there's no question about, there's there's no consideration for single parents, um, you know, and drafting that properly, thinking about the family law around that. So this is kind of where estate law and family law come together and it's really important you have both family lawyers and estate lawyers meet in the middle and create a really beautiful will for you to protect you and your family. Yeah, of course. And a question really because I'm thinking about about myself at the moment is um, I actually can't remember if I when I last did my will. So sure. how does that work? If you, if I then started doing another one, would it just yeah. eclipse the old one? If that's yeah. the right word. So in, our, in our wills here, we include a revocation clause. So this clause um, revokes any will you have ever made in the world, right. in, including international wills. So one of the first questions I ask my clients, especially if they've um, immigrated, I say, okay, do you have a will in any other country? Because we need to kind of change this clause so we don't, you know, revoke your um, um, will in England or Africa or somewhere else. So, um, but if you have a will and you don't know where it is, you don't know when you created it, it doesn't matter because when you create a new one, that revocation clause essentially says this is the last will and testament of X, Y, Z. I revoke all previous wills. So mm. this is the only important document. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's perfect. Now, yeah. so what kind of mistakes, you run through a few of them already, might we make when we're preparing our will um, and how can we avoid making them? Again, I'll say is the biggest mistake you can do is make your will yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
can say that if I wasn't a lawyer, I would probably make that mistake myself as well because I think, oh, okay, well, I don't want to pay someone to do it. It's even just like getting a tax return. I think to myself, oh, yes, I can do it online, but it's such a risk because you're not having someone who, you know, has day-to-day um, care and carriage of these kinds of matters and knows the risks they're looking after your um, Eve tax affairs. It's the same with your estate affairs. Um, you know, you pay that little bit of extra money to get a solicitor to do it properly for you so that you don't put your estate at risk in the future. Mm. Um, so biggest mistake is making it yourself. The second one, which goes with that, is making it with the public trustee or the post office. This is also because um, they are free. And as I said, there's a reason they are free um, and they don't encompass and, and think about the the circumstances that a lot of single mums will be in um, today. So that's a really big red flag that I always point out to clients. And when I see posts about, oh, I've created it through the post office, I'm like, oh, no, like this is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I'll say is that another big mistake is not looking at the bigger picture as opposed to what's just in front of you now. So just an example of this, when I have a couple sitting in front of me and they haven't had kids yet and um, they haven't even thought about kids, you know, I ask them, okay, your estate will go to each other in the first instance. Do you want, if both of you predeceased, do you want your estate to go to your kids? And they say, well, I don't have any kids, but we can include a clause in there to say if they did have kids, it would go to them in equal shares. So it's kind of like, I don't want someone to come into me every single year having to update their will because it costs money and time. So it's really looking at the bigger picture, what is in the picture five to 10 years from now. It is really difficult. No one has a crystal ball. No one can see what is going ahead of them. So as a rule of thumb, I always say, pull your will out once a year, have a look at it and make sure it's still in accordance with what you like. Yeah, that's quite regular, isn't it, once a year? Yeah, well, if you think about it, say you've just done your will, you walk out of the solicitor's office, you go get a coffee and you meet the love of your life, and then six months later you've moved in mm. together. You know, um, you know that, that happens quite often um, with clients. And then a year later they've realised, you know, they've, they're either pregnant or with this new partner or they're engaged and things like that. Like a lot can happen in a year. And then on the other hand, you might have nothing happen significant in the next five years. So mm. I just think from rule of thumb, just check it once a year. It takes two minutes to yes. have a look at it and just run your mind over it. So yeah. maybe do it at the same time as you're checking you, your uh, utility bills to check yeah, you can't get a better offer, just <laughs> or tax time, <laughs> something <really> like that. <laughs> Blend it into some other paperwork jobs that you've got. Um, so talking about changing the will... Um, how easy is it to change a will? Um, is it just a matter of changing clauses? Do we can we do that part ourselves? Do we need a lawyer? Do we need a whole new will depending on the changes? Yeah. So again, I'll use the famous lawyer quote: "It depends." So mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> it really does, though. I hate saying that, but it really does. Yes. Um, if you've got a good lawyer. Um, and I do this with my clients, I always give them a letter of advice at the end and say, look, if X, Y, Z happens, um, it means that you can just give me a call and we'll quickly have a chat about it. And if it means we have to update your will, 
then we will. And usually we won't charge if it's very, very um, insignificant change. For example, we include a contemplation of marriage clause for couples that are engaged or not yet engaged, but it means if they get married, their will won't be revoked. When they do get married, often they come back to me and even though their will hasn't revoked, they just want it completed and want that clause removed and partner changed to husband or wife. Mm-hmm. So um, we at BTL offer just to take that out, update the will and give them a brand new will for that at no cost. So that's an example of one of the minor changes. However, if you've then you know separated from your partner and you've got into a new relationship and they have kids and you're also pregnant to this new partner, just as an example, there is going to be a whole new will review there and estate plan. So it really depends on the, the change in your life circumstances. Again, you can absolutely change this yourself, but you are at significant risk of having an invalid will. And is that will do you get an electronic copy of it so that you can have a look and see what you need to change as you go along? Yes. So what we do is because when you pass away, we usually have to submit the original will to the Supreme Court for them to grant um, what's called a grant of probate, which is a court sealed document allowing your executor to administer your estate. It means that um, we keep your original will here in a plastic sleeve, in another plastic sleeve, in an envelope, in a fireproof safe. Right. So that document is completely protected um, and we then email you a copy electronically. Right. And if, if you want a paper copy, we'll give you a paper copy, but a lot of my clients will want it emailed to them. Um, and even if they lose it, they can just give me a call or send me an email and say, look, I need, it. I need a copy of my will and it's a click of a button to send them a copy of it. Yes. Okay. So that makes me think I must have had mine done such a long time ago because I'm pretty sure I never got an email version yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Was email yeah. even around then? Yeah. <laughs> it's also nice to know that somebody such as yourself is holding a copy of it in a safe place. That's right. Because um, we're always losing our own paperwork and emails yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, Look, so to all the mums who are out there listening, and like me, thinking, I really must uh, do my will or (laughs) I must update my will, um, what's the first steps they should take to start the process? Uh, Look, I'll just say from the outset, making your will is definitely one of those jobs that goes in the too hard basket. Um, Mm, It does. Yeah, it really does. And even for lawyers, so recently our firm, our lawyers had to kick up the butt um, for not having wills in place. So mm, really, um, we just had an all staff <laughs> will review um, to do all of our wills. I personally am not in that. I know the importance mm. of making your will and making sure it is kept updated. So that is something because I see a lot of the things that happen every single day of my life. Um, it, it makes me very prudent to make sure that all of my affairs are in place. Yeah. Um, as saying in saying that a lot of people have very different careers and different life circumstances where they wouldn't even think about it. And it definitely goes into the hard basket, especially if you have kids, no one has time to think about what will happen if they die, but it's extremely important to turn your mind to it at least, at least once. Um, so the first point I would say is give your, if you already have a lawyer who does estate planning, absolutely give them a call because they will have a bigger picture of your legal circumstances. 
um, and we'll be able to assist you usually. If you don't have a lawyer that offers estate planning, by all means, please give us a call at BT Lawyers and have a chat with myself. I'm the only one here that will speak to you about your estate planning um, and I'm more than happy to. Also, I just want to put out there that a lot of people can't afford to fork out a couple of hundred dollars um, for a will and we completely understand that. Um, so if in consideration of your circumstances, we usually can get approval for a potential payment plan um, to, to pay that invoice off rather than pay a big lump sum at the start. So what is the general cost for a will? Is there a set cost or does it depend on how co complex it is? So I'm not going to say it depends here. Okay. Um, <laughs> well um, done. <laughs> yeah. If you have, if you have, okay, no estate planning is generic. So um, there's no such thing as a vanilla estate plan anymore. Um, but if your estate is fairly simple and we will usually gauge this from the initial appointment where we take your instructions it's usually um, about $600 including GST and that includes a meeting for discussing your estate planning. It includes drafting and preparing your will. It also includes drafting and preparing a power of attorney, um, which is another topic that is for a separate day. I don't think we'll have time to talk about that. Um, and also giving you two letters of advice. So letters of advice of how you have drafted your will and then a letter of advice for in the future of when to update your will, things that you specifically need to look out for in consideration of your personal estate and things like that. And also if you are in Brisbane and you would like to sign those documents um, at our office, we also include that signing appointment in that package as well. And I just think what you said right at the beginning of the podcast, you said a couple of things that resonated with me around wills. Um, and one of them was that it is one of the most important documents you will create in your life. Yeah. So make sure you get that right. But not only that, yeah. it's not just about the money. It's about the poor people who will be dealing with your estate and a lot of emotions and sadness um, and helping them to get through it by having everything in order. And I think when you put it that way, yeah. I think that's what's going to really give king, uh, single mums a kick up the arse to do their bills yeah. because we are more about um, trying to keep things you know, looking out for our families and making That's sure that they're okay. And if there's something that we can do to help them around that awful time, and that's yeah. by doing a good will, um, yeah. which takes away a lot of the stress. Um, yeah, and, pain, and, it's and it's a good thing to do. If you haven't made one yet or you have created your own, it is so common. Like even the lawyers here hadn't done it until they yeah. got to kick up the backside. Um, because it is just such a too hard basket topic and also a lot of people don't want to think about it. So there's no need to feel bad about um, if you have made your will before or if you if you haven't made one at all. The best thing to do is just pick up the phone and say, look, I need help with my estate. I just want to make sure I'm protected. So, And the good thing is is because I, really, I work really close with um, Vanessa who runs our family law department here. We have came from another firm where we work together as well and she's the family law guru and I'm the estate law guru and we come together and create a really good estate plan for single mums because she has that family law brain and I have the estate brain so yeah. 
you are a single mom looking for an estate planning lawyer, this is your place. Exactly. It really is. And I wouldn't be recommending you if I didn't 100% believe <laughs> that. Um, so, um, you know, it's really making me think. But you see, my thoughts at the moment are, I've got to pay my car registration. That has oh. to be paid. A will doesn't have to be done right. in terms of I'm not going to get fined if I don't do my will. So that's where a lot of people come from. You know, yes. But I really hope that we have made it clear how important... Yes. It is. Now, listen, we are coming up until usually I would finish up here, but I've just got a few questions I'm going to run through. I know you're probably going to give me the answer. It depends on nearly <laughs> all of them. And I understand that. But let's just have a quick look so that these ladies who's, who, and I said I'd ask their questions, feel that we haven't forgotten them. Uh, I'm so. not asking all the questions I've got because we've covered a lot of it already. But yeah. one lady has asked, where a mother has full custody and creates a will leaving the children in the care of of her parents can the ex contest this we've answered that haven't we um yes we have answered it and again i hate saying it, it depends and i think that's more of a family law question as opposed to a state um which that is not my expertise but so, they could come through bt lawyers speak to vanessa yeah, and then you can take that, it from there that's right so if you came and had these estate planning questions when we're doing your will Every single will that I do, I especially for single parents, I have a meeting with Vanessa about it and discuss it from a family law perspective so that you are completely protected in an estate aspect and also family law, which is very, they go very much hand in hand. Yeah, that is absolutely excellent to, to do that because if you've just got a lawyer who doesn't do the family law side of it, they haven't got yeah. the knowledge that we need as single mums. So this yeah. is a good one. Can an appointed guardian, for example, a friend, not a family as they are interstate, apply mm -hmm. for 50-50 as the current custody arrangement? Look, we can... <laughs> What we do in our wills is we look at the family circumstances as what it currently is with you and your ex-partner, whether that is 50-50 like you say, and we include a clause to say, look, if I was to pass away, I want my friend to basically wear my shoes and have my kids or, or child in that time I would have had them if I was alive. Mm. Um, we don't know what that ex-partner will do. They might absolutely love that and, and say, yep, okay, I have no issues with that, and they might cooperate. So, And then it's not an issue. But what we do is that we include a clause in the will to say, look, if this ex-partner pipes up and says, I don't want this to happen, I want full custody, I'm the biological parent um, that is still alive, I have full right. They absolutely do have full right from a family law perspective, but we include a clause that gives um, scope for that appointed guardian. Um, in this circumstance, it is the friend, I think you said. Yeah. Um, scope that it means that if that ex-partner comes up and, and doesn't like the arrangement with the 50-50, just for an example, um, it, it provides that they can make an application to the Federal Circuit Court to apply for that shared care arrangement to be in place or at least some kind of time in consideration of the estate planning circumstances as well. In saying that, again, it depends. I knew I, you were going to say that. Yeah, I don't know what a judge will say. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, that comes into very much um, where Vanessa, the family mm -hmm. lawyer, would step in and say, okay, what is the likeliness of these orders being given because that is purely family law. Yes, um, exactly. But from an estate planning perspective, we do 
put that clause in there and also state that if they do need to commence that application for that shared care arrangement, um, that they can use funds from the estate to basically fight that in court. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you. And um, so how about the other direction? One lady says like the father remarries. If something happens to him, what are your children entitled to under 18 and over? I guess that would be down to the father's uh, will. Yeah. So I don't know what the father in this circumstance, I don't know what dad's will says. So um, as an example, if dad has excluded all his kids as in, the kids with this um, specific inquiry. So um, all his biological kids with you, he's excluded all of them. He's remarried and has stepchildren or new kids with this new partner, but he's excluded all of your kids with him. Technically, his kids, if they're excluded, are entitled. If he passed away, they're entitled to make a claim on his estate, whether they're under 18 or over. Okay. All right. Um, I know I know I'm only getting you to give very brief answers and I totally get that, you know, it's so much more than a a sort of 30 second answer to any of these questions. But you're just giving us a rough idea. And what you're making it clear to us is that it's a lot more complicated than a quick answer. It needs to be talked through with someone. Two more really quick ones. I know we're running over, but I know the ladies will really want to hear these. If you have children to more than one father, is there a way to stipulate that you want your children to be kept together? You just put it in your will, wouldn't you? Is it as simple as that <laughs> as in like living together keep yeah keep them living together rather than separated and going to different fathers I mean, oh, that would be a okay, hard yes, one wouldn't yes, it yes. See, look I've never actually had that circumstance um arise you can't really put in you can put wishes in your will so things that aren't necessarily binding and they don't have to happen the executor does not have to do it but it kind of assists um whoever is administering your estate as to what your intentions would have been. But in saying that, I can't I can't guarantee that that would actually happen um, because, again, that's a very, very much uh, a family law question. And, again, um, it does depend on the fathers as well. It really and does. their situations. That, you know, you can – often I see people include wishes in their will about the intentions. Like I wish my – for example, I wish my kids – um, to stay together despite having separate biological fathers, although that isn't binding and it doesn't have to happen, sometimes people will take that into consideration of what you would have wanted. So, mm. in saying that, I'm not I'm not saying they would actually that would happen, but if you wanted to include a wish like that, you could. Yeah. Okay. One very quick question here, which I think is just something that you would stipulate in the will is what's the best way to make sure your final wishes regarding burial, cremation, etc. are carried out and no one can change it? That is is something you can stipulate, isn't it? Yeah. So um, again, that comes under your wishes section of your will. Right. Um, In Queensland, I don't know at the top of my head for New South Wales, Victoria or any other state in Australia at this moment, Um, but in Queensland, if you include a cremation clause in your will under the Cremations Act, you have to be cremated. Um, Your executor has to follow that. Um, If you put burial in, um, they don't actually have to follow that. It's not a binding clause. Um, I always ask clients that if they do have a preference, please put it in their will because 
it really assists the executor when you pass away as to what you wanted because it's not really easy making a decision for someone whether to bury you or to cremate you. Mm, yeah. So um, in saying that, if you did were 100% serious about being cremated, that would be binding and you would it would be made sure that you are cremated under the Cremations Act in Queensland. Yeah, okay. And you, you mentioned Queensland. I mean, are the rules fairly similar across the states? Because we do have ladies from all over Australia on the beach. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, look, I haven't done a will in like the Northern Territory or South Australia or Western Australia. Um, for Victoria and New South Wales, making a will is very much the same in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, for estate administration, so that's um, – things to look at when you pass away, um, how that estate is administered and rules of um, intestacy and things like that are extremely different between Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. Mm, Okay. All right. That's good to know because I know that we've got heaps of people from Victoria and New South Wales, from all over Australia here, but we're just giving some general advice as well. And that general advice is valid in terms of do your bloody will yeah. <laughs> wherever you yeah. are in Australia. Yeah. Like you can feel, we are a Queensland law firm, but you know, we do Victorian law um, and we do New South Wales law. So come and speak to us about it. And if we really think that you need to speak with a Victorian lawyer or a, or a New South Wales lawyer, um, I will tell you, I will not, I would rather you have a fully, um, a fantastically set up estate plan um, in accordance with the legislation down where you live rather than just have your work. It's not, it's for me, it's not about having your work. It's about making sure that your estate is how you want it. Every single client that I have, I, by rule of thumb, I pretend that they are my own family member sitting across from me because, you know, if it's my grandma making a will or my mum or my brother or my sister, I know how significant it is and I treat my clients exactly the same. Yeah, and that's why um, I love BT Lawyers and the work that you do for us. Um, can you just tell us where we can find you if any of the ladies listening would like to give you a call and have a chat about their wills? Yes, yeah, so on the Vine, um, I don't know if we have a post up there, Lucy, about our contact details. Uh, we've got a post on there at the moment about wills, so I'm going yeah. to be popping this podcast on there. Um, there, Yes, we've got a link through on the um announcement post to yeah. you guys um yeah. you're also on the home page of the beanstalk website yeah. um, so you're basically all over yeah. um, our platforms you lawyers a call and you need to speak to someone about your will there is no doubt in my mind you'll be put through to me because i'm the only one that talks to you about your will and estate planning um so give us a call at bt lawyers um and they'll direct you to myself emily brown Um, And I'm more than happy to have a chat with you about your estate planning. That's just perfect. Thank you so much for that. And thank you. I think we've covered what's somewhat a morbid topic quite well, really. Um, Look, the fact is it does need to be talked about. And you've done that for us wonderfully, as I knew that you would. Um, I'm sure this podcast will be listened to now and for many years to come, like these podcasts are when people come across the Beanstalk website and think, oh, I need to know about that. So thank you so much, Emily, for taking the time to chat and to share your knowledge with us today. No, thank you so much for having me, Lucy. I appreciate it. I love working with Beanstalk mums. Um, I love having chats with them over the phone as well. And um, from my own personal perspective, my mum is a single mum and had recently divorced. So 
Um, and I've seen all the circumstances in her life. I'm the oldest of five kids, so I really do have um, an understanding from an emotional perspective yeah. but also professional. Um, so I love speaking with the Beanstalk mums. It's been great. And I think coming from your level, from having had a single mum, it's yeah. quite different and it's a really interesting angle for us as single mums yeah. to get information from you. It's so important. Um, I'd also like to say to our listeners that I'm sorry that my um, laptop's been doing a few dings throughout this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though Emily and I would say we've turned off all of our devices because they're connected, they do still go off and it is the school holidays and I have got one daughter trying to get me to give her a lift to the beach. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, just go away. <laughs> but look, to, to all the single mums who have been listening in, you know what I'm going to say, don't delay, get it sorted today. Uh, I'm going to say it again, it's the most important document you will do in your life, at least, well, certainly one of them. So cross it off your to-do list and know that whatever happens, your wishes for, your, for the future um, and for your kids will be heard um, and make everything easier for them um, when you are gone. None of us knows what tomorrow brings, but peace of mind is a wonderful thing and we all want that. Um, so you know just just do it I'm gonna I'm gonna at least okay. <laughs> I hope everyone will follow my follow my lead like, and re- remember if you've not visited my website beanstalkmums.com.au make sure you do not only will you find more podcasts like this um, more actually from BT lawyers as well around mediation um, but there's heaps of other wonderful re- resources um, for your journey um, and you can chat to me anytime on the single mum vine facebook group or on the anonymous single mum forum which you can find from the website Um, so until next time ladies goodbye